If you have your Bible this morning, we're going to get into God's Word, and I'm going to ask you to turn with me over to the book of James, James chapter 5, and uh, we're going to begin reading with the 12th verse down through the 18th verse. So James chapter 5, beginning with verse number 12, we are studying the book of James in our, in our men's group and on our uh, Bible study night on Tuesday when we meet here at 6.30, but we haven't got, we haven't got to James 5 yet, but uh, I, I will encourage you to come out and be a part of that. Max does an absolutely wonderful job facilitating um, that study, and, and uh, we've just been really enjoying the fellowship and enjoying the Word, so I encourage you to come if you can. James chapter 5, verse number 12. And the scripture said, And above all things, my brethren, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by earth, neither by any other oath. Let your yea be yea, yet your yet, let your yes be yes. And let your no be no, lest you fall into condemnation. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing songs. Is any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he hath committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. And then verse 16 is where I want to key in this morning. He says, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. And listen to this. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man or a righteous woman avails much. Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. And I'm going to stop reading right there this morning. Ask that you bow your heads. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his anointing and ministering the word. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful this morning that we have the opportunity together here in the house of the Lord. Thank you for the worship songs that have been sang and the praises that have ascended into heaven this morning. And we come to the reading of the word today, God. And I would just ask that you would open our hearts to be able to receive what you have placed upon my heart to deliver this morning. I would ask this morning, Lord, that you would anoint me with the anointing of the Holy Spirit of my own self. I can do nothing. I am incapable. But if you will anoint me and you will... Make me an effective minister of your word. Make me an able minister of the word of God this morning. Put your thoughts in my mind, your word in my mouth, and let what comes forth come forth under the anointing of your Holy Spirit. 
Let it fall upon ears that are touched of God to hear and to receive. Let Christ be glorified. Let the people of God be edified. And we will forever give you the praise. And we give you thanks for it now. Bless me to be a blessing, I pray. In Jesus' name. And everyone in agreement with that prayer said amen. Amen. So this morning I want to talk with you for just a little while. What the Lord has laid upon my heart. I have titled the sermon or the message this morning. The Conditions of effective prayer. The conditions of effective prayer. Let's just be really honest with ourselves this morning. Ask ourselves the question, how many of you would like to be more effective when you pray? Amen? Well, for the next couple of weeks, I I feel like the Lord has kind of led me into Uh, this particular lane and this particular word. And for the next couple of weeks, I want to look at the power of prayer. Um, And we're going to be talking about some of the principles or the biblical principles that we need to apply in order to have an effective prayer life. Because the scripture teaches us that there are certain things that we need to do or that we need to apply to our lives in order to be effective when we pray. So I'm titling it, The Conditions of Effective Prayer. As we begin this morning, I will just stop to mention that there are probably many in this world that do not put much stock in prayer. There are probably some in this world that would question the power of prayer, and there are some that would conclude that the act of prayer is futile and nothing but a futile exercise. Amen. They, they feel like that it, is, it is something that is for the simple or for the weak-minded. There are those in this world that have prayed and because they failed to receive something from the Lord or something that they have prayed about, they they just have chalked it up to the fact that prayer simply doesn't work. They have concluded that prayer doesn't work. But how many of you sitting here in this place this morning know that there is power in prayer? Amen. While there may be some in this world who have concluded that prayer does not work, there are many of us here in this place this morning that, amen, we are here because prayer does work. Amen. Amen. So the question that we are left to resolve is, does God answer prayer? Is there evidence That God answers prayer. And my short answer to those questions this morning is if you came to tell me that prayer does not work, you're already too late. (laughs) Hello? If you came to tell me that God doesn't hear the cry of the righteous, then you are already too late. I've already seen too many things that God has done through prayer. I've already been the recipient of too many blessings for you to tell me that God does not answer prayer. So my short answer to the questions, does prayer work? I've seen it too many times. Yes, 100% undoubtedly God answers prayer. Our text 
this morning. Says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The effectual fervent prayer, the proficient and the passionate prayer, the capable and the fiery prayer of a man or a woman of God standing in God's approval, amen, will accomplish much. Let me give you the God's word translation. It says that the passionate prayers offered by those who have God's approval are very effective. Amen. What I'm saying this morning is if you are standing in the approval of God, God hears you when you pray. I would submit this morning that the Bible is filled with examples of effective prayer. Let me share some of them with you this morning. Moses is standing at the banks of the Red Sea and the Egyptian army is closing in. And do you recall what Moses did? Moses lifted up his voice and he began to pray and began to call upon the name of the Lord. And this is how God answered him. God said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. God answered his prayer. Joshua fighting with the Amorites and God answered his prayer by causing the sun to stand still until the victory had been won. Elijah in in, 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 standing on Mount Carmel, the Bible said he prayed and God answered his prayer with fire falling down out of the heavens. I said, God answers prayer. Elijah, here in our text, amen, had prayed that it would not rain, and it did not rain for three and a half years. But when he prayed again and asked God to open up the heavens, the rain began to fall. I said, God answers prayer. Hannah, a barren woman that could have no children, prayed and interceded before the Lord and God answered her prayer by giving her a son. Hezekiah, the king of Judah, amen, the city is surrounded by the Assyrian armies of King Sennacherib and he's faced with a battle that he knows that he cannot win. And the Bible said that he prayed and God said, you, amen, you don't have to worry about it. The battle is not yours, but the battle belongs to the Lord. And that night, God sent an angel of the Lord, just one angel into the camp of the Assyrian army. And that one angel slew 185,000 soldiers. And the next morning, they all got up, saw the dead, and went home. And Hezekiah was saved because he prayed. Because he prayed. Peter stuck in jail. King Herod planned to kill him the next morning. But the New Testament saints held an all-night prayer meeting. How many of you remember what happened? They're on the inside praying, oh God, save Peter. And there was a knock at the door. And when one of them went to see who was at the door, she looked and it was Peter and couldn't believe it and shut the door. (laughs) 
Amen. What I'm saying is they're praying, God, deliver Peter. And God delivers Peter. And he shows up at the door. When Jesus prayed, blind eyes were open, deaf ears were unstopped, the dumb talked, the lame walked, uh, devils departed, the dead were raised, and lives were completely changed, all by the power of prayer. What I'm saying this morning is there are countless stories that could be told of diseases that have been healed and forgiveness that has been granted and relationships that have been restored and children that have been fed and bills that have been paid and impossible situations that have been resolved all by the power of prayer. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So I would submit that there are plenty of evidences of the power of prayer. God answers prayer. When we pray, amen, God unleashes the power of heaven and intervenes. There are many instances, and amen. And, and the good news is, beloved, that not only does God answer prayer, but God encourages us to pray. Let me share some scriptures with you. Jeremiah 33 and, th- 33 and 3. This is what God says. He says, call unto me, and I will. Not I might, and I'll think about it, but I will. I will answer thee, and I will show you great and mighty things that thou knowest not. Psalms 34, verse 10. The psalmist said, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger. The young lions in all of their strength and in their robust, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger. But the psalmist goes on to say, but they that seek the Lord, They that call upon the name of the Lord shall not want for any good thing. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7, Jesus says, Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receives and everyone that seeks finds and everyone that knocks, the door is going to come open. Hebrews chapter 12 or chapter 11 and verse number 6, the Bible said without faith it is impossible to please. God. Amen. Then he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. In other words, when you seek the Lord, he's going to reward you with an answer. Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 6. Jesus said, when you pray, not if you pray, when you pray. Hello? When you pray, enter into your closet. And when thou hast shut the door behind you, pray to the Father in secret. And the Father that sees in secret will reward you openly. He will reward you openly. In other words, he will answer your prayer. I believe that there is power in prayer. I believe that there are promises in the word of God that declare when we call upon him, he will answer us. 
But we also need to understand that there are certain conditions that we must meet in order for our prayers to be effective. If you are not enjoying a very effective or fruitful prayer life, then I hope and I pray that the Holy Spirit will allow me to give you some principles that will help you to become more effective in your prayers. The conditions of effective prayer. We know that he answers prayer. We know that he has encouraged us to pray. Are we seeing the results of our prayers that we desire? If not, what can we do to make our prayer life more effective? And that's the gist of my sermon this morning. The first principle that I would ask you to consider, the first principle that I, need, I believe that we need to apply is that we need to, uh, in order to have an effective prayer life, Amen. We need to pray in relationship with God. We need to pray in relationship with God. If we want a fruitful prayer life, then we must be found abiding in the vine. In other words, we need to be a child of God and striving to serve the Lord in obedience. When we approach God in prayer, we need to come as a son or a daughter or in a covenant relationship with him. When my children come to me, they ask me for something. Amen. I, if, if I think it is good, wise, and, and will be a blessing in their life, I'll do anything in my power to make certain that they receive their request. They're my children. But if some strange kid comes walking up to me on the street and asks me for a pair of shoes, out of the generosity of my heart, I might buy him a pair of shoes. But I'm going to tell you this morning, I have no obligation to buy him any shoes. He ain't my child. He's not my son. He's not my daughter. You hear what I'm saying this morning? When you come to God with a request, amen, come to him in covenant relationship. The Bible said that as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. So if you are in covenant relationship with the Lord, you are in covenant relationship with him. That relationship already gives you access unto the throne so that you can make your request known. Beloved, God is not obligated to answer the prayers of the sinful. He said to the Pharisees, you are of your father, the devil. Hello? If we are living in sin and we know that we are living in sin, that sin is going to hinder us from getting our prayers answered. That sin is going to hinder us from being effective in asking God, amen, for the things that we need and the things that we desire. So the first key to being effective in prayer is come to him in covenant relationship. 
This is what the Bible says about, amen, being in covenant relation and being in, in right standing with God. Psalms 34 and verse 15, it says, The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, uh, and his ear is open unto their cry. Verse 17 of that same 34th chapter said that the righteous cry, or those uh, who are standing in approval with God, the righteous cry, and the Lord hears them and delivers them out of all of their trouble. Are you facing trouble? Are you facing a situation that needs to be changed? I'm telling you, if you are a child of God, his ear is open to your cry. His ear is open to your cry. And he says, I will hear and I will deliver them out of all of their trouble. They cry and I will answer. When the disciples came to Jesus, you'll find it in Luke chapter 11, beginning with the first verse. When the disciples came to Jesus, the Bible said that he was in a certain place and, amen, and, and he, amen, he was praying. And when he ceased to pray, the disciples came to him and they said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. And he said unto them, you'll find it in verse 2, he said unto them, when you pray, when you pray, say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And you could quote the rest of it, but what I want you to understand is that Jesus is pointing out that the first principle of prayer is being in relationship with God. He said, you say, our Father who art in heaven. Notice the first thing that he says is our Father. Jesus began to teach them to pray by starting with an emphasis or an emphasis of, on a personal and a, and a connection with God the Father. He's saying, when you pray, come, amen, as a child of God. Come as a believer. And when you come as a believer, amen, you'll have an effective opportunity to have your prayer answered. It implies a personal relationship with God. It implies a personal union, an association, a connection, an intimate bond with the Father. Let me tell you this morning, if you want to have a more fruitful and a more effective prayer life, amen, stay abiding in the vine. Stay connected to the Father. Jesus says in John chapter 15 and verse 7, he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you will ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Wow, that is really powerful. Amen. If you abide in me, have a relationship with me, abide in me and my word abides in you. And you can ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. If we are abiding in Christ, if his word is abiding in our heart, if we are connected to God the Father through Jesus Christ the Son, then we have a divine connection to God. And that connection this morning helps us be effective in prayer. Romans chapter 5. 
verse 1 through verse 2. Paul said, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also, verse 2, by whom also we have access. Understand that he is saying that, amen, that relationship gives us access. That relationship gives us access. Amen. Anyone can pray, but according to the scripture, those who actually have relationship with God and those that, amen, amen, have a connection and have access to the throne are those that are going to enjoy a more fruitful and a more effective prayer life. John, 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 22, this is what the word says. And whatsoever we ask of him, we receive of him, and here's why. Because we keep his commandments, and we do those things that are pleasing in his sight. He's saying, whatever we ask, we receive of him because we have entered into a covenant relationship with him. So I'm, I'm here to tell you this morning, don't vacillate. Remain connected with God. The first principle that we need to apply in order to have effective prayer is we need to come to him in covenant relationship. The second principle that the Holy Spirit laid upon my heart to talk about is the second principle I believe that we need to apply in order to have an effective prayer life is that we need to pray according to the will of God. We need to pray according to the will of God. His word is his will. Pray according to his word. Where do you find scripture for that, Pastor Gary? 1 John chapter 5, verse number 14 and verse number 15. And this is what John says. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will. He hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we have desired of him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. When the Holy Spirit began to lay this upon my heart, I began to think and a nugget dropped into my mind. And, 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 and I thought to myself, you know, the only prayer that Jesus prayed that wasn't answered was Gethsemane. If you be willing, let this cup pass from me. God said, I can't do that. That's not in accordance with my will. I can't let that cup pass from you. That's not, accord, that's not according to my will. You understand what I'm saying this morning. If we desire to have an effective prayer life, we need to remember to pray according to the will of God. No doubt Gethsemane was a huge struggle, but the thing that gave Jesus the victory in the end is that he was willing and his complete commission or uh, commitment to do the will of God no matter what was required of him. 
Amen. I submit to you this morning that, amen, sometimes our prayers are not effective because we are not praying according to the will of God. We are not praying, not my will, but thy will be done. But we're praying and telling God how we want it done, when we, when we want it done, and how he can do it. Hello? Sometimes we don't receive the answer to our prayer because we are praying our will and not God's will. If you want to be more effective in your prayer life, then begin to pray, Lord, amen, I don't have all of the answers and I don't know which way you want me to go, but I, I am your servant and I, amen, I am willing to do your will. Stop trying to tell God how to fix the situation and stop trying to tell God how to fix the problem. And instead, just simply pray, God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done in my life as you see fit. Your will be accomplished in me. So the first thing we need to pray in relationship, the second thing, we need to pray according to the will of God. The third principle that I believe that we need to remember is that we, amen, if we're going to have a practice or effective prayer, we need to remember that we need to pray in the name of Jesus. Some people think that that's just a religious thing that we do, remembering Jesus, praying in his name. No, that's Bible. That's scripture. Let me share some with you first, or John chapter 16, verse number 24. This is what Jesus said. Hitherto, up till now, hitherto, old English, up to this point, you have asked nothing in my name. But from now on, he says, ask, and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Up to this point, you have asked nothing in my name. But from now on, ask, and you shall receive that your joy may be full. John chapter 14, beginning with verse 12, uh, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you the works uh, that I do, uh, amen, shall you do also in greater works than these, uh, because I go to my Father, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And verse 14, he says, Ask anything thing in my name and I will do it. John 15 and 16, Jesus said, you've not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained that you should go forth and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain and that whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it unto you. Amen. What I'm saying this morning is that heaven has all of the resources to meet all of our needs, but the name of Jesus has to be on the check. Hello? His name is the one that authorizes the release of your need. His name, amen, is the one that needs to be, amen, exalted. Prayer is not answered in any other name. His name, amen, at his name, hell trembles. 
At his name, heaven stands at attention. At his name, or in his name, the weak are made strong. In his name, mountains are moved and sickness and disease is healed. In his name, circumstances and situations that seem to be impossible are reversed. Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 8, the Bible said, and being found, in fashion as a man he Jesus he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross and then the Bible says in verse 9 and wherefore because God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of things in heaven of things in the the earth of things under the earth every knee shall bow every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father what I'm saying today amen is when you pray in the name of Jesus everything in heaven stands at attention when you pray in the name of Jesus everything in hell trembles and when you pray in the name of Jesus upstairs on planet earth are moved out of the way. If you want to be effective in your prayer life, then pray in the name of Jesus. His name releases the power of God. The fourth principle that I believe that we need to apply to be effective in our prayer life is to pray in faith. To pray in faith. How many of you have ever went to God in prayer and you had wavering faith about what you were asking for? Mm, nobody has to admit it. Nobody has to, you know, don't, you don't have to shake your head and go, yeah, that's me. You can, just, you can just act anonymous. But let me just share something with you. There are times that we go to God with a need in our life, and the need seems bigger than life. And we have no, I mean, we, we're like, well, I know God can, but I don't know if he will. Hello? I know God can, but I don't know if he will. Well, let me just tell you, if you have faith, he will. I said, if you have faith, he will. If you don't have faith, you're not going to receive what you're praying for. Do you have scripture for that? I do. James chapter 1, verse number 6. James says, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. A man that asks in wavering faith is like the, like the sea driven with the wind and tossed. And verse 7 of that first chapter, he says, Let not that man think, that woman think, that they will receive anything from the Lord. Let me just tell you this morning that God's hand is moved by faith. When we go to him in faith believing, Amen. What does he say? He says that all things are possible to them that believe. 
our problem oftentimes is we go to him and our faith is like, mm, I, really, I really want it, but I'm not sure. I know he can, but I don't know if he will. Here's, here's what Jesus said. You'll find it in Mark chapter 22. Jesus answering the disciples, he said unto them, have faith in God. In the Greek, it literally means have the faith of God. Have the faith of God. And then this is what he says. Verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that the things that he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. If we really get a hold of that, it'll, it'll rad it, it will radically change our life. He's saying if we have the faith of God, we could say to the mountain, get up and move over there. And if we doubt not in our heart, but believe that the thing that we say will come to pass, it will come to pass. He gave us example after example of that. They're in the middle of the storm. Jesus comes to them walking on the water. Peter said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. And Jesus said, come on. Peter got out of the boat and started walking on the water. Some people, you know, like to give Peter a hard time because he started sinking. I'm just impressed with the fact that he walked on the water. <laughs> right? Well, why did Peter do that? Because he believed the word of the Lord. What caused him to start sinking? He looked around and looked at all of the circumstances and said, I can't walk on water. <laughs> Hello? Well, I'm telling you right now this morning, if we believe what we say, amen, and God has put it in our heart and we speak it, amen, at a word of faith, God will move mountains on our behalf. Hmm. If we want our prayer life to become more effective than pray in faith, have the faith of God. You remember the night the disciples are on the water and, and Jesus is in the hinder part of the ship uh, asleep on a pillow and they're being rocked to and fro and the boat is taking on water and they go to the Lord and say, help us, uh, save us. And Jesus got up, rebuked the wind and the sea and said, peace, be still. And they looked at him like he was a man from outer space and said, what manner of man is this? And Jesus said to them, Why are you so fearful? O ye of little faith. If they had faith, they wouldn't have been troubled. What I'm saying this morning is walk in faith when you have faith. Nothing wavering. Believe that God is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Believe that he is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we ask or think. Believe, amen, that all things are possible to him that believe. Believe, amen, when the word of God says, I'm the Lord God that heals you. Believe it when God said, I'll supply all your needs according to my riches and glory. Believe it when God 
God says I'm able to save to the uttermost. Believe it. When God says it, believe the report of the Lord and God will confirm it in your life. I'm going to get happy. We got company and they're going to think I've lost my mind. Mm, have faith. Have faith. Have faith. Have faith. Have faith. Hebrews 10.25 said, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful who promised. The fifth thing that the Lord laid upon my heart to speak about this morning is that the fifth principle I believe that we need to apply in order to have effective prayer or an effective prayer life, is that we need to pray with persistence. We need to pray with persistence. I mean, you know, sometimes we give up awful easy. We give up awful easy. Prayer requires effort, perseverance, determination, insistence, endurance, tenacity, fortitude. It, it takes a resolute, made-up mind. When I was growing up in the church, the old saints used to call that praying through on the matter. Hello? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You could, you could look around at somebody's situation, and they just had joy in their heart and a song in their heart, and you're like, man, I don't get it. And you talk to them about it, and they go, oh, I'm not worried about it. I've already prayed through on that. I have already prayed through on that. What were they talking about? And they were saying, I have been persistent in prayer, and God has put it in my spirit that everything is going to be all right. And there ain't a devil in hell, and there ain't a circumstance on this earth that can keep me from believing that God's got it under control. Amen. We need to have a little fortitude and some perseverance and some tenacity. We need to have some persistence when it comes to our prayers. One of the most fabulous stories in, in the scripture is found in Luke chapter 18. 18 chapter or verse 1. The Bible says that Jesus spake a parable unto his disciples unto this end that men ought always to pray and faint not. And then he launches into this story about a certain woman. She was a widow woman that lived in a certain community. And there was a city where she lived. And there was an unjust judge in that city. And that little widow woman came to the unjust judge. And she said to him, I want you to avenge me of my enemies. And the unjust judge said to the woman, I don't fear God, I don't fear man, and I'm adding a little bit here, and I'm not that fond of you, so <laughs> I'm not going to avenge you of your enemy. So she went on her way, but do you know what happened? The next day, she came back, and he said, I don't fear God, I don't fear man, I'm not going to avenge you of your enemy. She went away. But the next day, she just kept coming back and just kept coming back. And, kept, and finally, I can almost see it in my mind, you know. I mean, you know, same time of day, he could hear footsteps coming down the hall. 
Oh, my Lord, it's that same widow woman. And you know what the unjust judge said? This is what the unjust said. This is what he says. He says, though I don't fear God and I do, do not have any regard for men, yet because this widow woman troubles me with her continual coming, I'm going to avenge her. Of, I'm going to give her what she wants. I'm going to give her. And then Jesus says, amen, do you hear what the Lord says? Do you hear what the unjust judge said? I'm going to give her what she wants because of her continual coming. And then Jesus says, shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry unto him day and night? In other words, if you have a need in your life, just keep praying about it. Keep pressing about it. You may not get the answer today, but that don't mean you can't pray about it tomorrow. Just keep right on praying. Keep right on asking. Keep right on seeking. Keep right on knocking. Keep right on going before the throne of God. Amen. And hey, I'm here to tell you, there'll come a day when God hears your prayer. Jesus says, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. Do you notice the progression of that verse? It goes from asking to seeking and from seeking to knocking. Amen. What it implies is that we need to be persistent in our prayer life. Even right here in our text, the fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Remember in our text that James is talking about Elijah praying for rain. How many of you remember how many times Elijah prayed for rain? You'll find it in 1 Kings chapter 18. Here's how it went down. They had fire fall from heaven on the sacrifice in 1 Kings chapter 18. And then the people said, the Lord, he is God. And they all turned to the Lord. And then Elijah said to Ahab, get up and go eat and drink and be merry, for I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. What he said, he's saying that for three and a half years it hasn't rained because of your stubborn stiff neck and your rebellion, but now that you've turned to the Lord, God is going to give rain to this area of the earth. And Elijah, the Bible says, put his head between his knees and he prayed. How many of you remember how many times he prayed? There was no rain on the first time. In fact, when Elijah prayed, he sent his servant and said, go see if there's any, go see if there's any sign of rain. Servant went, came back, said, nope, I don't see nothing. Elijah prayed again, second time. Sent his servant, go see if there's a sign of rain. Nope, there's no rain. Sent him a third time, a fourth time, a fifth time, a sixth time. I said, sometimes we need to be persistent when we pray. He sent him a seventh time, and that time around, the servant came back and said, I see a cloud about the size of a man's hand. And Elijah said, glory to God, that's it. Amen. You go tell Ahab he better get on his chariot and head for Jezreel because if he don't hurry up, the rain is going to bog down his chariot in the mud. <laughs> but what I'm pointing out to you this morning is that 
Elijah prayed seven times before the rain came. Be persistent in your prayers. Don't give up so easily. Persistence signifies sincerity. Persistence signifies assurance and confidence that God will answer. Persistence signifies uh, an expectation, uh, amen, that God will do what you're asking him to do. Persistence, uh, amen, signifies a dependency upon God because you are saying, you've got to move. I can't fix this. I can't handle this. And when you are persistent, you are saying, God, you are the only one that can make a way where there is no way. Persistence. If we're going to be effective in our prayer life, then we need to be persistent. Number six. I got to hurry. Number six. The sixth thing that I need, I believe that we need to have in order to have an effective prayer life is that we need to be led by the Spirit of God. We need to be led by the Spirit of God. How many of you know this morning that no matter where you are in life, that at some point and at some time, you are going to face a situation that you don't, how to, you, you don't know how to pray? I, I have faced certain things in life that I, w- I, I would like, I don't even know how to pray about this, God. I don't even know what to ask for. I, I, don't, even know, I, don't, I don't even know how to articulate What's in my heart? I, I, don't, I don't even know how to speak words to try to ask you for what I need. I don't, I'm not even sure what I need. But we, if, if we're going to be effective in our prayer life, we need to be led by the Spirit of God. This is what Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and verse 27 says. And at the same time, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. The King James says our infirmities. He helps our weaknesses because we don't know how to pray for what we need. But the Spirit itself intercedes with groanings and utterances that cannot be expressed with words. Have you ever been so broken or so grieving? Like Hannah when she prayed for her child. She she just, no words came out. She was just so moved with emotion that Eli, the priest, thought she was drunk. Amen. And she said, no, I'm, I'm not drunk. Amen. I'm a woman of sorrow and my sorrow is pouring out. Amen, I'm here to tell you this morning that, amen, when we allow the anointing of the Holy Spirit to flow through us and move through us and lead us to pray for what we ought to pray, when we don't even have a clue what we need to pray for, the Holy Spirit will come along and and make intercession with groanings and with utterances that cannot even be uttered in our known language. And when we allow that to happen, the Spirit makes intercession for us. The Spirit prays on our behalf. He, the verse 27, he who searches our hearts knows what is the what the Spirit has in mind, and the Spirit intercedes for the people of God the way that God wants him to. 
What I'm saying this morning is there are times that we are so broken and so in need that we we don't even have words to express tears are flowing from our face and and there are just guttural utterance that comes from within that just groan that's the work of the holy spirit and when that happens he is moving on your behalf he is praying to the father on your behalf he is interceding with groanings and utterances that cannot be uttered he knows the mind and the will of god for you and your situation and if you will allow that to happen you will find a more effective prayer life because amen when the spirit prays the will of god in your life amen there ain't a devil in hell that can keep it from coming to pass when we pray in the Holy Spirit, when we are led of the Holy Spirit in those kinds of situations, when we cannot frame our words or express our deep yearnings in our soul, the Holy Spirit is a discerner of those thoughts of our heart and he makes intercession on our behalf. So this morning, I want to share with you just, as we're going to close, I'm going to share with you just those six simple principles that we need to add in order to have a more effective prayer life. Number one, pray in relationship with God. Pray in relationship with God. Pray the will of God. What is God's will? His word. His word. His word is his will. Pray in the name of Jesus. Pray in faith, believing. Pray with persistence. And pray being led by the Holy Spirit. Bow your heads, if you will, this morning, please. If we desire to be more effective when we pray, then I believe by adding these principles to our prayer life, we just may find a greater rate of success when it comes to answered prayer. This morning, if you are not enjoying a fruitful prayer life or an effective prayer life, I ask you to ask yourself, am I praying in relationship with God? Am I standing in right favor with the Lord? Am I praying the revealed will of God? Am I asking in Jesus' name as a formality or understanding the power that's in that name? Am I praying in faith or am I vacillating between faith and unbelief? Am I praying with persistence or have I already given up on the thing? Am I praying being led of the Holy Spirit? Am I allowing the Holy Spirit to lead me in my prayer life? When we do those things, our prayer life will become more fruitful and more effective. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the mighty and the awesome and the glorious name of Jesus. If we are here this morning, Father, and our prayer life is not 
as fruitful as we would desire for it to be. We realize that there's power in prayer. We believe that there's power in prayer. We realize that you are a God that encourages us to pray and a God that answers prayer. But our prayer life is not as fruitful as we would desire for it to be. We're not as effective as we would desire to be. Help us to examine, Lord, if we are applying the correct principles, if we're applying the biblical principles or the biblical conditions to be effective in prayer. If not, Lord, speak to our hearts this morning. Encourage our hearts this morning. Let the word that's been taught to our spirit, let I pray that word, God, be embedded deep within our heart and let it take root and let it be grounded within us. And let us begin to follow those biblical principles. In Christ's name we pray. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Are you here this morning? And you would say, Pastor Gary, there are some principles that I haven't been applying in my prayer life. Would you just slip up your hand and say, I needed to hear this word today. God sees hands. Yes, 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 yes. Yep, uh, there's some there's some of those principles I need to apply today. Amen. Hands lifted, stand to your feet. Cody is going to come and sing. Let me pray one more time with you. Those that lifted your hands. Father God, in the name of Jesus, you saw every hand that was lifted toward the throne of heaven today. We are now aware of it. And now, Father, we apply. We apply your word to our heart. We have been put in remembrance of the principles that were taught with us today. And now, Lord, we apply those. And, Father, we anticipate, we anticipate, and we expect a more fruitful prayer life as we move forward in our relationship with the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Go ahead, come sing.